I love this sort of uh, political trivia. The Republicans, and look at the history books, held two conventions in a row in South Florida, but more than a generation ago, 1968 and 1972. These Miami Beach affairs, both in Miami Beach, 68 and 72, were the conventions that nominated Richard Nixon for president. And the GOP hasn't been back to Florida since. The GOP return to Florida, if not to South Beach, has been a welcome storyline, though, for author, columnist, and journalist for the Miami Herald, Carl Hyacin, who, as we know, always has a lot of trouble finding things to write about his home state. Carl, welcome back to the program. Hey, John. How you doing? Great, great. Have the GOP come to a reporter's rescue this week with the storylines, characters, or or has it been uh, has it been a little dreary for you in the rain? Well, it's been dreary because it's all Isaac, actually. I mean, people in Florida, we're sort of conditioned if there's a hurricane within a thousand miles, that's what we're watching on television. So, I mean, uh, maybe that'll change as the storm moves away, but really the preoccupation has been the weather. We've had a lot of crummy weather, and, and I've been looking at the stuff from Tampa, and it's, it's, it's mainly been merchants complaining <laughs> about the lack of business. So. Because of the convention? I, I don't know, because of, uh, probably because people were scared off by the storm or probably because uh, they weren't spending the kind of money they thought, you know. Um, it, it's, hard, it's hard to say. It's a weird, I mean, it's, honestly, it's kind of a, uh, a weird choice for a, a convention city just because it is a harder hurricane season and you could have almost predicted there was going to be some kind of weather event, you know. Which which makes me scratch my head. Why did the uh, Republicans choose to have two conventions in Miami Beach, you know, back in the 68-72 period? I mean, that was back during the Jackie Gleason days, right? Yeah, that was Jackie Gleason. <clears throat> you know, the one of the conventions which, uh, you know, I was down there for was uh, the famous convention where... Um, uh, Richard Nixon was on, on, on stage for an event. I don't know if you remember this, but Sammy Davis Jr. kind of uh, crept out of the uh, backstage area and came up behind him and, and hugged him. Um, this was at a time when, uh, shockingly, Republicans were having a, a difficult time getting minority voters. Uh, oh, wait a minute, that's today. But um, at that time, it was, and, and Nixon looked terrified he didn't see him coming it was a great uh, video uh, clip at the time of sammy davis came up to man and hugged him and that that was the most famous image from from i think that was a 72 convention it may have been 68 but but um so i'm i'm hoping for a moment like that where uh, maybe uh you know maybe jay-z surprises uh, romney uh, something goes online. We need something like that. That would be great. That really would be great. You know, it's interesting thinking back to the the Nixon days. There wasn't the impetus to try to pull the state of Florida by holding the convention in Miami Beach. It was just a place to have a convention, a convention-like uh, venue. And, uh, and, and I guess that's really changed. Now the, the parties choose their convention sites with an eye for actually influencing voters, any sense that that's going on uh, in the Florida? You know, right now? I, I don't get the sense. It's hard to see what kind of a bump they're going to get from it. You're right. In the old days, they picked a place just because it was a great party place. I mean, Miami Beach at the time had, a, had facilities they had, but this was. And keep in mind, this was before South Beach r- really existed right. as, a, as a destination. Um, but it was just, hey, cool, we're going to Miami. You're right. It was the whole Jackie Gleason thing more than anything. Uh, but it wasn't done strategically, and also Nick, the Nixon Nixon had his home, uh, you know, on Key Biscayne. Uh, BB was there, uh, Ablin App, and all the gang. Um, this, I think, uh, w- was very strategic because it's sort of the the heart of the I four corridor, the beginning. 
that, that the Republicans see as a strength. You know, the I-4 from, from Tampa to Orlando, they tell us it cuts the center of the state. They, they think that, that that's a chance for winning Florida because South Florida is tough. Uh, Dade Broward is tough for them. Um, uh, and I think that was the idea, is we'll put it right in the heartland of, of Florida, and uh, this will bring Florida around to the Republican column. Uh, I don't know if it's going to happen or not. It's so hard to tell. I mean, and Romney's going to give a great speech. Uh, I mean, I'm, I, I hope he could. I mean, Pee Wee Herman could give a great speech if you've had a week to, 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 to practice it. So, I mean, but wh- whether people are watching will be, will be the issue. I've always thought that Pee Wee Herman was pretty good, uh, sort of, uh, you know, off the cuff. But he is. He's very, he's very good. He's very entertaining. But I mean, I think it's going to be a good performance. Uh, whether people are going to be burnt out by the storm, whether there's a tremendous amount of damage in the New Orleans Gulfport area, you know, if there, if there's pictures of people being evacuated on, on by helicopters going on at the same time uh, as Romney's speaking, it's going to be, it's going to be tougher. You know, the, uh, the the opportunity tonight is for people in Florida to see Paul Ryan up close. Of course, the author of the Medicare proposal that has so many people worried, allegedly, in mm-hmm. uh, Florida. Um, what is a character like Paul Ryan, uh, how is he viewed in, in the state of Florida? The, the, it's interesting because I think in the, in the sort of solid bedrock retirement communities of South Florida, which tend to be Democratic, um, he's viewed with a great deal of suspicion and, and wariness. I, I, he, when he first came here uh, after he was chosen, he went to the Villages, which is up uh, in the Ocala area, very conservative. Um, you know, everybody's got their little golf cart. It's a very sort of uh, a safe Republican place to go. Um, and, and he went there and he brought his mom, um, which is, I mean, you know, which is kind of funny. He brings mom along. I mean, no one's going to throw anything at him if his mom's there, first of all. Um, but I think the other thing people seem to forget is that up until a few years ago, really, no, whatever the vice president thought or said made no difference whatsoever. Um, he, he, he doesn't set policy. He doesn't set a legislative agenda. Uh, we all thought it was said you could pick anybody to be vice president. I mean, you could pick Dan Quayle to be your vice president, right? But then comes Dick Cheney, and uh, who clearly had a hand in, 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 in a lot of things that have turned America in the wrong direction, especially Iraq. Well, whatever uh, you say about uh, Cheney, he certainly elevated the significance of the vice presidency. So right. That it's... He, he cast it, all of a sudden it was important uh, who, who we put in that office. Now, now Biden is sort of... Uh, you know, retreated to the official way. But we keep in mind that there is a history of somebody with a strong hand uh, having an influence. So from that point of view, medic, you know, Ryan's Medicare stuff, the things he said about Social Security, uh, people are paying more attention to it in Florida. So if you're watching any of the primetime coverage of the Republican National Convention in uh, Tampa last night, uh, do not adjust your set. That was the real color orange on Ann Romney as she spoke to the Republican National Convention delegates a very striking performance by the, the would-be first lady. Can we trust her husband, Mitt Romney? You can trust Mitt. Okay, and whatever stumbles there are along the way, do we have to worry about anything? I can only stand here tonight as a wife and a mother and a grandmother, an American, and make you this solemn commitment. This man will not fail. 
Well, he did not fail to get the nomination. He is now the official nominee of the Republican Party. Uh, So, Carl, this ritual of the first lady, this kind of family orientation of both parties, pulling out the spouses, the the friends of the candidate, uh, the sort of storylines of delegates in the hall. It's almost like competing Today Show teams versus uh, actual political parties. Right. I'm right. I mean, it's. It's, but it's not that it's not that new, John. I mean, I, I remember it in past conventions, and they they always flash to the the adoring family watching the speech, and and there's always you know shots and, and sort of a, a family a scrapbook that's being shared, and 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 the people do get involved in that up to a point. But when they pack everybody packs up and leaves, you get back to the reality of of uh, of sort of what the future is going to be, the economy, Medicare, all these issues will come back. But for the moment, it's a warm and fuzzy feeling. No, no wife, is, uh, no political spouse, uh, man or woman, is going to get up there and say, you know, you know, my 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 husband or my wife is going to make a terrible candidate. She she's sloppy around the house. She doesn't pay the bills. No one's going to get up and say that. They're all going to say what a great person they are, and everybody likes to hear it. Again, another one of those things you're wishing to see at the convention that kind of a speech. But can you imagine? I mean. In in seventy two or sixty, Pat Nixon giving a speech? No, never would have happened. Jackie Kennedy giving no, a speech. No, no, at the convention? no. But in recent times, we've we've sort of gone to this because we're this is all we're in. We're in the world of reality kind of TV. Really, um, everybody wants a peek uh, into the living room, and everyone wants to see. Okay, what's he really like? Because we're the other thing that's happened in Florida, John, is we have been, and this is our fate after the year two thousand. Has just been inundated with with political advertising, almost like no other state, um, maybe Ohio. But we have just swamped from all the PACs, the Carl Rove's people, everybody. I mean, there's been so much anti-Obama, anti-Romney uh, commercials in Florida that we're whipped. All of us are sitting here with the mute button, and every time a commercial comes on, we mute the commercial because at this point we've seen every political ad. Most people have made up their minds. So here's a chance to put that aside and hear from a real human being. It's it's, it's scripted, but it's still sort of a, a, a real live performance versus uh, these these commercials, which are driving us all nuts, and which, frankly, people are tone deaf to at this point. But that really, I think, is the question for American politics, whether you're talking about Karl Rove and the huge investments in the super PACs that he's making, and there, there's the same kinds of investments on the Democratic side, whether you're talking about the the style of the performances at the conventions, whether you're talking about literally the commercials themselves, it seems to me that American politics is going through the same kind of crisis that the American media are going through in the sense that we don't know what ads work. We don't know what is decisive. We don't know what actually makes someone get up and either change their vote or actually go and vote. So we're doing it all at once on every channel simultaneously. Right, and the burnout factor aside, here's the thing my point has been, is that with the amount of money the Republicans have spent in Florida, Romney should be ahead by 10 points. Um, he shouldn't be trailing Obama by four points in Florida. I mean, the, the, the number of ads, is, at least in, in our area, is so far weighted toward the Republicans. It's quite astonishing it's as close as it is. Uh, we have a state with a fairly high unemployment rate, I think people are sophisticated enough to know also that one person, whether it's Romney, whether whoever is in the White House, is not going to move the needle on unemployment. It's a much bigger issue. And we need a Congress that doesn't have its head up its butt like the Congress we have now, to, who moves along and makes some legislative moves. People 
are not under the, the under this illusion that there's some guy behind the curtain that can push a few buttons and the and the employment rate goes uh, up. I mean, it's just crazy. But that's what they hammer and hammer on. But I think the burnout factor on these commercials is very high. People are sick. They'd rather watch Turtle Man, uh, seriously, on on Animal Planet or whatever than than watch a, a political advertisement. He's right our now. next guest, Turtle Man. How did how did you guess, Carl Heisen? We're talking about Carl <laughs> Heisen who's a novelist and columnist for the Miami Herald. You know, let's talk a little bit about that. There is plenty of electoral evidence that Americans are most uh, reassured or that the economy does the best, or there are various kinds of metrics that suggest on certain levels Americans prefer a kind of divided government configuration where one party holds the Congress and the other party holds the White House. We're kind of in a half-and-half zone there. Any evidence that Florida prefers it one way or the other? No, because I don't think Florida uh, can can be classified that way. There, this is essentially three demographic states. Uh, the, the Panhandle is completely different from South Florida. Central Florida is different from both of them. Um, I, I think it's very it's, it's very hard to say. I don't think you can say Florida speaks with one voice at all. I was I was very surprised when Obama won, and and, and last time around, I have to tell you, um, but. And, and at the same time, I was very surprised with Rubio won because I didn't think in my lifetime I would ever see a Cuban-American get elected to a statewide office. Um, I mean, going back a generation, I didn't think you'd ever see North Florida vote for any Hispanic. Um, so things do change, and there are surprises. Uh, and, and, but it's impossible for me to sit here and say, you know, what... what how Florida feels about, you know, a, a, a government. I don't think they like gridlock. I don't think anybody likes the gridlock in Washington. I haven't seen any polls that suggest that people are thrilled with absolutely nothing happening, with a Congress bailing out for a five-week recess with nothing accomplished. I, I think that the, the animosity towards Congress, the venom towards Congress, exists in Florida as it does throughout the year. I, I don't think John Boehner is going to get a ticker tape parade anywhere in Florida. <laughs> That's for sure. Carl Harris, a novelist and columnist for the Miami Herald, talking about Florida, the uh, Tampa Republican National Convention, and implications for November. Carl, we'll talk to you just before November, all right? All right. I hope so, John. You take care. You too.